for the lost arts reclaiming the literary holy land from the heathen this is dan baltic and this is matt pegas and this is the I'm, I'm gonna say the 23rd episode here matt am i right that's correct yep awesome wow <laughs> all right so it's the the 23rd episode and uh, we are here with howling mutant who uh Thank is you. uh yeah no we're, we're really excited to have you on <laughs> Honestly, one of the uh, the funniest voices on Twitter. Uh, his account always makes yes. me laugh. Uh, more, <laughs> generally, thank you. Generally than, agreed upon across the board. I feel like you have a lot of a lot of fans. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> Hundreds of likes can't be wrong. Hundreds of likes, thousands. Uh, and yeah, so uh, mutant. Uh, and I think you uh, you prefer to be called uh, mutant as opposed to howling. That uh, on the jackpot. That was cited uh, as a way to distinguish. I guess. Too. I mean, either either way is fine, really. But but there people are... kind of normally defer to mutant for whatever reason, as opposed to howling. Hmm. Okay. The, ha, have there not been? There's been incarnations of the account in the past that were like screaming mutant. Yeah, that. there was. Well, I think the first one was depraved mutant. Then I kind of remember that. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Not. I mean, it didn't have a lot of followers. So, and then there was screaming mutant. There was hunted music that got deleted very quickly, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, punished then, mutant, right? Punished mutant. Yeah. That was remember where everyone was everyone saying was punished yeah. would come back from. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's like kind of cringy now, but yeah, there was yeah. punished mutant. <laughs> Looking for my friends. Yeah, yeah. I was I was putting up like a sad little apu with a coffee mm-hmm. cup, saying where are my friends at. <laughs> <laughs> but these incarnations, well, yeah. uh, they happen because you've been getting you've gotten kicked off, or they just yeah, because I keep getting yeah, banned. Yeah, yeah. There's not like they're not like different like levels. Like or, David Bowie like, phases. This, this is yeah. This is my thin white Duke phase. Like no, it's because Twitter yeah. keeps shit canning me. But I've been doing pretty good on this one. So fingers crossed. Yeah. I've been up. It's been like a couple like, like couple two years. years. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I yeah, could never no. make it more than six months before. Yeah. No. Happy that you're you're still here with us and hopefully for a long time. And well, I'll tell you that the key is don't talk to blue checkmark people. Oh, totally. Like, don't, don't interact with them at all. Even if they're like, okay, like they're, if their fans report you, the reports on that, like are taken like way more seriously than like regular reports. So I just don't talk to them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's my policy. I think mine and Matt's policy, just don't quote tweet anything that anyone yeah. who is like not on your side says. He's got to embrace the echo chamber, gonna, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, I mean, you're going to get in they, trouble. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like you would think they would encourage you to talk to people who are kind of outside of your worldview, but 
No. <laughs> no. Just stick to the, the incel gripers that you're comfortable with. <laughs> if, uh, if it's got a frog, it, it might be okay. Yeah. If, uh, <laughs> you never know, though. It might not be. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, Mutant, you've been on uh, a lot of pods we love. You've been on Jack's Pod. You've been on yeah. Dead Post. You've been on a Jack Spot, the Perfume Nationalist, which all our you know listeners probably know. Uh, crucially, another like comedy Twitter guy who we love, Brendan Lusso. Mm-hmm. You've been on, of course, Tales from the Mall. Yeah, I love Tales from the Mall. Yeah, very funny show. Brendan's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, uh, take it away, mutant. It's uh, it's great to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. I mean, uh, do you have anything in particular you want to discuss? Or, and I read the thing, the little, like, kind of yeah. outline type thing. Well, I mean, like, how about we just, you know, get into, like, comedy Twitter. And, I mean, like, you were, like we said, like, one of the, in our opinion, and many others, one yeah. of the funniest accounts out there. And oh, so, you. like, comedy and you, I, I think you listened to, or maybe you didn't listen to, but I, I sent you our uh, uh, Live from New York, New, New Right comedy episode. And there we kind of like broke down. We think comedy is in a bit of a, an interesting place today because, I mean, comedy, in our opinion, is kind of um, it's about uh, saying the kind of true things that are suppressed by the mm-hmm. current regime, the current power structure. And so, like, well, the current, you know, power structure is obviously of the, you know, center left left what what have you yeah sure yeah and so like you know anything that is like kind of like going to shock the normies is pretty much going to come from the right like it'd be really hard to like shock you know like you know people from the left because like everything in the news is already like well yeah like what what could you say that was like too far left where people would be like actually really offended i can't even exactly yeah i mean even 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 when people do cross certain lines like just for example if someone says something about like minor attractive individuals or something like that (laughs) that gets made fun of i guess i guess that would be yeah that's like that's so far right and like like with the whole cuties controversy which that probably was bullshit by the way i didn't really look into it but anyway uh basically even even when you do cross a line that of, of like le- left may not even be the word but of like i don't know pro-degenerate i, I don't i don't know what to call it. <laughs> uh even when you do cross that line you have a, a like a, a built-in pr team defending you so it's like yeah even if, even if even if it's agreed upon like oh that wasn't cool it's like but this is what she actually meant you know what i mean so that's the yeah you're not too. you're not gonna get fired for it right. either yeah um yeah and it's not like taking people aback it's not like or like you might but it's kind of like Oh well, you know we kind of saw the progression there. Like, like yeah, you know they're they're probably going to talk about you know being pedos eventually. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you know whereas like from the right, like it's you know like things and like we'll get into it more. But like stuff like one of the reasons why we think Nick Mullen is really funny and like Sam Hyde is you know they say stuff that is like everyone kind of knows is true mm-hmm. and it's but to hear it actually yeah. said out loud is just like shocking because like oh fuck you're not supposed to say that you'll lose your job friends 
Well, it's almost like a relief when you hear someone else say it because it's just been inside your skull. <laughs> like, you know, however long you don't hear anybody. Oh, thank goodness I'm not the only person who's made this, you know, observation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, and that's like a cathartic point of humor, right? Yeah. Like you, you hear someone say something that's true and like, maybe it's uncomfortable, maybe it's a difficult truth, but like that, like, you know, it, it immediately being brought into the open in a way that's funny is like, it, you know, it, it helps you kind of like assimilate it into your mm. worldview. Yeah, definitely. Maybe that's too, uh, too theory sell. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, and like humor, as we're saying from the left is like, it's just not, it's not funny. So like, like we were watching like, um, Amy Schumer and the, the Oscars and like the only funny oh, thing yeah. in the Oscars was like Will Smith, you know, smacking the dude. For... Yeah. That's like the most interesting thing that's happened in the Oscars. I think ever like yeah that was hilarious at any other time when i was like wow that's what happened with that at the fucking oscars you know yeah i mean that yeah. was like a real cultural moment because it was both like hilarious but also very sad and very like full of pathos and it's yeah. like wow i never expected that the oscars would produce something that was like so well acted so well. <laughs> i never i never thought i'd get to see like the impotent evil cuck rage <laughs> like like live on the oscars right yeah but you know what's so funny is that it's such a weird thing and it's interesting and like two days later everyone's like all right i'm sick of fucking hearing about the world <laughs> yeah like yeah the, the expiration date on stuff is so fast now it, yeah i remember when alec baldwin shot that uh cinematographer whatever she was yeah. That's a really weird story, but after 24 hours, you're like, oh, I don't want to hear about Alec Baldwin anymore. I yeah. feel like it even happened with like Russia, Ukraine to an extent. People are blue checks, whatever. People are still talking about it, but like, it's almost like it feels like that situation has de-escalated or something because the rhetoric around it has de-escalated a little bit. Whereas in fact, I, it's probably the opposite has happened. But people get tired of the news cycle after we're so conditioned. Yeah, we just we can't yeah. keep uh, we can't keep our attention. I know that's like an old like oh no one has like an attention span anymore. But I think really with like YouTube and like you know growing up on the internet, people can't stay focused on something for longer than like a single news cycle. Yeah, and I think it's worse post COVID because COVID basically the two big things of the past like I don't know I guess seven years that that did command attention for a long time were Trump and COVID. Uh, people like, you know, blue checks, libs, whatever, paid attention to those things in a, in a way that was more extended. It was a continual obsession. And I feel like both of those just kind of burnt out in ways that make people now even less willing to invest in a long-term news story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, there's this sense that, like, stuff doesn't, uh, doesn't really matter or something because... You know, people talk about the consequences of Trump and the consequences of COVID, but most people's personal lives are like kind of fucking similar to the way they were in 2015 or something. Uh, that's a bit of a tangent. I didn't mean to, to go on about the news, but it's kind of interesting. Well, no, with Trump, they spent like, you know, the entire presidency talking about how it's like this revival of fascism and mm -hmm. he's a dictator and he kind of didn't do anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like nothing really changed that there was covid but that wasn't really because of him being a dictator right i mean if anything no. it was because of like government incompetence that it got to the level exactly. that it did you know so i think i think like you know you can kind of the media can kind of launder their uh integrity for a while like it'll work 
in the short term, like people be like, holy shit, Trump's a dictator. But then when they see like, all right, well, he didn't do anything. They're like kind of, it kind of hurts them in the long term, you know, and then, then, yeah. then they don't believe anything. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think it's kind of hurt them with like uh, Russia, Ukraine a little bit. Not that I'm looking at the public opinion polls, but I do know that Biden's approval is like down. And I think that if it weren't for some of the stuff with Trump and COVID, they would have had a better time kind of getting the public more invested in like, you know, possible military action and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Uh, but right now it feels like it's a small, it's kind of a minority of people who even are thinking about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, when you see somebody who's really invested in the Ukraine stuff, it's just fucking weird. Yeah. Like, why do you care so much? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's sad, but like, you're like, what, you want to go over there and fight for the right. Ukrainians? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like proof of the extent that like they can astroturf something, you know, the, the idea that like you can get so many people who previously really had no conception of what Ukraine is or like, you know, couldn't mm-hmm. even find it on a map. And now they all have like it in their profiles and like stand with Ukraine. Yeah. It's just, it speaks to the kind of, uh, we stand for the present thing meme of it all. Well, you know what though, the, the thing about being totally, uh, look, I kind of disaffected and having no real attention span might actually help in that case. Cause you can get people kind of into this engagement, but then Absolutely. they're not going to stick with it. <laughs> yeah. People are already getting bored of it. You know? I mean, it's like I don't think- marshalling people's, you know, sentiments and stuff like that. It's like, it's, you know, I, I think people are a lot more malleable post Trump post 2015 than they were before. Like now, like people are just used to being like led around by the nose by the media and yeah. being like, oh yeah, this is like, you got to get mad about this now. You got to, you know, get angry at these people. And like these people are pretty much like always the judge. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that people are really like as into the Ukraine, like, but besides like the kind of virtue signaling of putting a little flag on your profile, are people really that into it? I don't think. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. I, I again for that first like two weeks, first news cycle is like yeah. maybe people care, yeah. but I, I, I just feels like that intensity is is going away whilst the actual conflict is continuing to, if not accelerate, then at least remain at an even keel. I think the perception is, you know, just. Well, it's great we start learning about all the Ukrainian Nazi battalions. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> and the people who are calling everybody a Nazi are saying, "Well, you know, let's kind of put this in context. Maybe they're they're like good Nazis." Yeah, Nazis right. <laughs> Suddenly, like a couple Nazis. Well, that's okay. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, you're well, gonna uh, have a couple Nazis. I mean, like, you're, yeah, you're gonna in any in any battalion, you're gonna have like a few uh, Nazis, and in any army, you're gonna have a few Nazi battalions. It's just. The way yeah. it works. <laughs> yeah. The story, like a story about like A's of battalion fucking crucifying people in the town square. Came and, I mean, I, and, and like the liberal blue check marks who were telling you that like Trump was a Nazi was saying, well, well listen, let's not rush to judgment on this. Yeah. On these neo Nazis <laughs> who were openly in the Ukrainian military. Yeah. It's weird the extent that some of these blue check types are like into the ultra violence of the like Ukrainian war atrocities. Which is just like, you know, it kind of like shows like there's, I think a lot of um, in, in this, in the current moment where I support the current thing, there's a lot of anger and like bloodlust underneath it. And so when they see this stuff, they're like, yeah, you know, just go crucify the Russians or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, it's patently disturbing to see this yeah. because like, I mean, yeah, of course there's people on the other side who are, you know, very, you know, 
um, uh, have that mentality as well. But, um, you know, to see people who are like, you know, reputedly like, to, you know, purportedly normies who are just like, uh, you know, kind of clamoring for blood. Is, Remember that, uh, that story that the Ukrainians took a bunch of uh, Russians hostage and they like tied them up and shot them in the knees and let them yeah yeah, yeah. And shot that. them in the head and then there were a lot of like empathetic liberals saying well you know what they should they shouldn't have been vacated <laughs> yeah like, really? like, like kind of hand wave that off right yeah yeah. I think earlier on there was a concerted effort to make it like a very, I mean, there still is, you know, to, to just make it this tiny moral universe of good versus, you know, evil Russia versus good. Yeah, Ukraine. that's always the thing. Yeah, And I, I think it's maybe not working as well as they'd hope because of stories like this. But also, I think on a more fundamental level, some of these blue check types just, you know, at, at first there was very much in, in the vein of the 2020 Floyd riots or some of the COVID stuff or Trump, obviously, there was this... I, I I would see bumper stickers around town that were like literally said like fuck putin you know this is in la so it's just like on a lexus like yeah, fuck yeah. putin or whatever and yeah they uh they try they i mean they're, i'm not i'm not trying to be too i'm not trying to uh be too uh naive about i'm not saying they're like absolutely retarded <laughs> like obviously they being very you know, like that video yeah <laughs> they're not a hundred percent not a hundred percent. You know, there, there's, I'm not saying they actually thought this, but it was almost like they thought they could cancel Putin and cancel Russia, uh, yeah. and you know, just by just by spouting the usual platitudes that they'd be like, "Oh, this is wrong. What do we do when when something is wrong? We do collective moral yeah. action to, you know, uh, and obviously that didn't work. So I feel like with that not working, uh, most of them aren't going to take the next step to become like neocon. Well, some of them are willing to do this, but not the majority. Your average yeah. lib is not willing to then become like a, a neocon. Like we got to go to war. Well, maybe we can just bully, so. bully Putin into killing himself. Like, <laughs> right. We'll call him fat. He's like a fucking loser. And see if he just takes care yeah. of it. For like that, that does seem to be yeah. what they're trying to do. Like, you know, they... They have, like, you know, Biden and other people saying, like, uh, yeah, you know, maybe he'll just, you know, get killed by his supporters or, you know, kill himself <laughs> or whatever. Pretty much. And, yeah. like, there's this, like, Karen battalion online that thinks, like, they can, like, bully the, you know, the Russian Federation into, you know, like, uh, resigning. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> absurd. I mean, when they elected, when they got Biden elected, like, the leftists who were voting for Biden, really have not much in common with Biden. We're like, well, we'll bully him to the left. And he's like, the guy's been in politics for 50 years. You think you're going to bully him? And then, of course, they didn't. Yeah. You know, it's like, if anything, he started yeah. bullying them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, also, it's hard to bully Biden because, like, it's not, you know, I, I don't think... Yeah, right. There's there's nothing to the, bully. Like, there's no so psyche left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sad. It's also just like kind of funny. Like trying to kind of... bully a house plant or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But of course, there are some empathetic liberals, like that woman who uh, w w w I don't even know where she was from. But that whole video that was going around, I think Sam Hyde shared shared it, where he where she was like, uh, "Putin, if only I could oh, in your yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was really good. <laughs> So there's there's always that element, but but yeah, she was kind of she was being consistent to the fucking empathetic bullshit that you're supposed to, you know. True. And then she that's got fucking yeah. raked over the coals for that. But I mean, if you're really yeah, sticking yeah. to that, I mean, that's what you believe, right? Like, 
Yeah, it's it's preferable to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, speaking, uh, not to like take us off of geopolitics, but uh, no, I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of uh, Hyde, uh, we we wanted to kind of drill down into something we talked about before on the live from New York episode, which is uh, Hyde, not Hyde versus Mullen, but kind of like we we both like Mullen a lot, we both like Hyde a lot, and. I mean, there's there's a lot to say about Hyde, obviously, and like we we think he's really funny, and I think he very much follows that model that we just set out, which is just saying things that everyone is yeah, thinking, yeah. which are outrageous by the current standards, and it's funny, but a kind of like more in a way more interesting model to us is Nick Mullins, in that like he's he's headlining comedy tours, and of course on Comptown he's making like you know. A, million a year or something close to that and so that means you are a member of the mainstream basically you are like a card carrying you know like you if not card yeah, carrying you're like approved by the establishment yeah and like the way he's able to do that and still say things like his <laughs> like uh his like um you're chinese thing which is like you know hilarious but it's like it's racist and like how how do you get to say like you know racist or racist things when you're you know part of the mainstream? It's it's because yeah. you support you supported Bernie Sanders basically. It's because and I think you maybe you talked about this a bit with Jack as well. I think. We talked about or, Nick or maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it's like what do you think about this kind of like brand of like ironic racism and ironic like you know ironic right-wing viewpoints which like are never really clear it's never really clear how like i would think that nick actually yeah. signs on almost all of it but no, like it's, it's not all, first like, of all it's this not kind ironic of he's just being like, racist oh. like i'm not saying he's like like a like a racist racist but yeah, like, yeah he obviously means that and like that's fine but I don't know, like, his defenders will say, like, oh, he's just joking around. It's like, no, he's really just saying racist shit about, like, Chinese people. And it's yeah. like, I like it, but I don't know why you like it. You know, like, you know I, I like Nick Mullen. I don't, I don't think he, well, like, he didn't do the thing where, like, the fucking obnoxious comics like, uh, like Sarah Silverman or something, like, they're, like, edgelords, and then they become super fucking annoying liberals to kind of shield themselves from that. But I think because he has kind of more leftist politics, yeah. I think that's what saves him. And I don't know if that's going yeah. to continue. I don't think that's going to continue to be that way. Yeah. Right. I feel like the gig is up a little bit on that. Like, we all know that Anna and Dasha are, like, actually right wing, basically, right? Well, Anna. I mean, there, there was, like, a moment. Yeah. Basically. yeah. Da- da- Definitely so Anna, maybe not still Dasha. kind of, like, you know. Fair like, enough. Like, anti id based or whatever whatever you know yeah like a little fashy <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. what, right uh sorry my internet is being weird uh yeah i guess like like as in like a, a support oh, uh, the stress the stress rights are like the like the like almost like nazbol type people like that that's used to kind oh, of okay like, uh, yeah like kind of slag off the red scare girls like they're not they're 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 left but they're like racist as well i guess would be <laughs> yeah red, red, red brown alliance i mean i don't know all these ideas like there's a timeline to it you had bernie's 2020 campaign 
where it was assumed if you were a Bernie supporter, you, you, you still kind of were of the left. And I feel like that was kind of the end of the easy, like, oh, they're they're just being yeah. ironic. They, look, they're Bernie supporters. That campaign fizzled out, or, you know, ended. Uh, and then and pretty much ever since 2020, a lot of those people who were, you know, former sort of jaded Bernie supporters, it's been it's become a lot harder to place them politically and i think the whole thing of like oh i'm actually a leftist yeah i think in the long run it's not going to be as readily available of an excuse i mean if you go back to like 2019 2020 the idea of something like strasserism or a red brown alliance would like yeah. your average normie <laughs> would have been like what the hell is that that doesn't even make sense that never existed that you know the, the the nazis were arch capitalists uh but but i feel like that because of red scare I, because of who knows what a, a little some of these ideas are are a little more accessible now and there is this notion that you could be of the left on certain issues but also really problematic and uh yeah i i don't know if nick you know for nick mullen or or for these other people if if the notion of like oh they're they're on our side they're just a little edgy I don't know. Yeah, I think it already does. I think he kind of got like grandfathered in on that, but I don't think that's going to fly for like newer people coming up that, you know, I'm edgy and racist, but uh, I guess I like Bernie Sanders or whatever, you know, I'm for uh, universal health care or something. Yeah, I mean, like, I think in a weird way, the uh, the BLM stuff kind of serves as a dividing line because like you either kind of cupped on that or you didn't. And so, like, the Chapo yeah. guys, they just totally cocked on all of that stuff. And they were kind of funny before, but afterwards, it's like, you know, like, oh, we're funny, but only to a point, at which no, point we they, have to, like, yeah, they you know, totally, say, the party you know, line. they totally yeah. sold super, out. Yeah, they repeat the party line. Like, and it was, it was embarrassing to watch. I mean, I wasn't a yeah. fan of them anyway, to be honest, but I mean, like, it's just shilling for, like, fucking Joe Biden. Like, you're supposed to be, like, a revolutionary <laughs> leftist, and that's who you're supporting. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, like, you know, following that, I think, like, it kind of, like, yeah, Anna and Dasha, like, they, you know, they kind of went the other way. And, like, I, it's interesting, Cumtown, I, I don't really have a sense of, like, they've managed to, I think, kind of really, like, insulate themselves from politics, which is weird, but, like, also very doable if you're a podcast about, like, you know, reportedly, <laughs> like, uh, having sex with your dad which mm-hmm. is their, their, you know, tagline. And so, yeah, if you're just about, like, you know, a, a horny podcast of, like, you know, stupid, crazy shit, like, yeah, you can kind of insulate yourself from, you know, the larger culture wars. Because, like, <laughs> bullying Adam doesn't really have a political feelings. <laughs> unless it's, like, you know, somewhat I mean, it'd probably be better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, they get by. And I know normies who listen to come town you know obviously there's always like those normies who listen to red scare but with them they kind of know that you know that that they can be that anna and dash are somewhat problematic but with come town it's like oh yeah i, I like come town it's just kind of get, gets by yeah. the bully. yeah like the biggest stumbling block <laughs> of come town and normies is the name like i i will tell normie friends like oh yeah i like do you like come town yeah and they're like, it's a terrible fucking name. I'm surprised they got as big as they did. It's like awful. <laughs> come down. I mean, yeah, it's just no, it's just fucking like, and also cum, the right? logo. Like, it's just <laughs> fucking embarrassing having that logo. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like on my phone. I'll be like listening to like come down and like you know the person next to me on the subway. I'm like I'm like oh fuck, this is a show called <laughs> Come Down with Come Low Tripping. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. He like probably is like next to Chapo. They're like the or next to next to Red Scare, one of the top. Uh, I think you know, so. Yeah. Patreon gods. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, ironic reason. Yeah, I mean, I I do I prefer yeah. Sam Hyde personally. I think that Mullen is really funny, but I, I like Sam yeah. Hyde. I like Sam Hyde. It's just a lot more transgressive, I think, than like. He says shit. It's like you don't really know. Is he right. fucking serious? Oh, absolutely. Right now? Like, yeah. He doesn't really hide behind irony. I think he can leave stuff kind of ambiguous to what he believes, but I think he kind of like he, he never he never does the thing like oh I'm just a comedian you know which is always like the most annoying and don't fucking talk about you know right. talk about you know the yeah, differences yeah. between men and women or something you know I mean don't talk about serious shit if you're gonna kind of like retreat back behind that. Yeah, exactly. With Sam Hyde, it's like, not to get Freudian, but it's pure id. You know, like, he's just saying and, you know, creating sketches and skits pretty much around whatever's on his mind. And he's just totally honest, I think, about what he thinks. And that can create an ambiguity because sometimes, like, if you're not censoring yourself, you just say, you just say shit. But with, with, with Mullen, it's a little more like... I'm going to say this, but like, I'm going to contextualize it. So yeah, Mullen has like that. There's a little more safety. You know, I'm just, you know, being a little naughty little boy. And Sam, I is like, like a frightening yeah. figure. <laughs> like it's like an insane homeless person. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Like literally. <laughs> the, when you see him. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's like, Sam Hyde's like, oh, he's like, like six, four or something. six yeah. feet. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, he's like six five. No, yeah. I, I've heard he's a nice guy, but like I don't even know if I should say this on the air. But I feel like if I was gonna meet Sam Hyde, well, did you, you see the thing with him and did you see the thing with him and I just got that energy? Oh, he like fucking he's having I oh. like spar oh. with him and he's doing sidekicks and like he's like he's almost knocking him off the ground. <laughs> Someone said it looked yeah, like yeah, no, he's and they're doing an interview <laughs> yeah. and he's like hunched over and he's doing like, like an ISIS interrogation video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I, just, <laughs> I should I watch know, that. Terrified, yeah. and I don't blame him. I'm not even calling him a pussy. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't you be? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Also, Sam Hyde stand up. It's just like you know, it's it's a little clunky. It's like I've only seen the one he did that was like intentionally, but like, like to piss the audience off. Yeah. Oh yeah, well that was his old thing in like 2015. Yeah, yeah. Is he just oh, yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious <laughs> to like you know get the like, audience like extremely angry at you. Just, like, it's just like it's just regular stand up. I mean, maybe he's not. had a few yeah, like. Right? I, I mean, it's mostly so. just to piss the audience yeah. off, and it's from like 19 or not 19 from like 2016 and 2017. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that Mike Brown. If if right. If any, uh, if any venue would have him for stand-up, he'd yeah. still be doing it. But I mean, he's just persona non grata with that. So, yeah. Um, we we did. Uh, I don't know if we kind of touched on this earlier, but we were kind of talking about like the difference between stand-up versus people being funny on podcasts versus 
Like, it's kind of a... I don't know, my, my whole thing was... We talked about how bad the Oscar... I didn't even watch the Oscars, to be honest. But, I, look, I just take people's word for it that the, the sketches and the stand-up were horrible. But have like, they ever not been? I don't know, like, I think we're kind of... been, like, a really funny to, Oscars? Have they ever not? I mean, I... Brett Easton Ellis, who I guess watches every yeah. Oscar, says says these are the worst ones ever. I mean, I totally believe it. But um, yeah, basically, I think the, the thing with I, I like some stand up comedy, but you really have to kind of try to appeal to a larger room with that. And I feel like I don't know, it's not to get too theoretical, but uh, the the era of comedy we're in is like the the funniest stuff is is can really only I feel like can only really be said on a podcast. Like there has to be kind of a more niche audience you're appealing to because like the broader the broader culture that like a stand-up comedian would be trying to appeal to or anyone who's like on national tv it's just like there's not enough common culture i know i'm not a big fan uh, of stand-up comedy in general i think it's a really kind of archaic like uh art form whatever you want to call it it's like something from like vaudeville or you know like i don't know why people still do it really yeah. I've, I've yeah. found the people who I do think are funny, I always find funnier, like on podcasts or in interviews or whatever, you know, like Norm MacDonald or something. So I don't, I'm, I was never a big stand up mm-hmm. guy and I never really got, yeah. I, I didn't get the appeal of it. I, I think now, like, the problem with stand up too is that, like, people will come on and, like, they're trying to, like, give the veneer of saying something edgy, but they can't actually say it. So they have to say these kind of bland things and then, like, but phrase yeah. it in like a like like sure. fucking Lenny Bruce or something, you know? <laughs> like, and it's like you're just saying what, what I already heard, yeah. you know, on the news or whatever. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's also kind of how the dynamic, and I think you mentioned this a bit on Jack's pod, and Matt and I were talking about it. Is um, you know, if you're like doing stand up, you're like you're trying to make people laugh. You're talking to them. You're delivering a joke to them. There's like, you know, no matter how much you want to make it kind of sophisticated, it's like, you know, you're delivering a a punchline, you're setting up a punchline. Whereas a pod, you know, like it's, it's almost always the case that something you overhear is going to be funnier than something that's told to you. So like, if you're overhearing like two people talking and like, you know, come down to a great example of this, Nick Mullen, like Nick, like bullying Adam on the pod yeah. is like what, much funnier than like anything he'll say during standup because like during standup, it's like the very act of trying to make people <laughs> laugh is kind of cuck. It's like you're, you're, yeah, you're like, you're cucking yourself to make people laugh. Whereas, yeah. like, bullying Adam is something he does for himself. <laughs> and it's clear. Like, yeah. he, lo- he loves it. And, like, Adam, no, I think, you know, I think Adam, Adam doesn't loves love it. it as much. But, you <laughs> know, like that's, that's it, funny, yeah. too. <laughs> oh, yeah, he might love it. And I mean, and they have, like, a weird, like, I, I think, yeah, violence. there's definitely a yeah. good argument. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, like, oh, yeah. There's a lot of that in yeah. comedy. I mean, that's, like, and that's, like, so you know, everyone has the friend group where one guy is kind of, like, the punching bag and, like, and that's still that's funny to hear and something else. Like, oh yeah, he reminds me of that guy I went to school with or something. You know, he always called gay or you know whatever. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the Adam. Well, that's uh, what you know. Uh, what um, well, a lot of people talk about the appeal of Come Town and other successful podcasts yeah. is it makes you feel like you're part of a friend group when you're listening oh, yeah. to it. Which, I know that does, that is that the way, gayest so kind of way to pathetic, put it, but it so, is true too. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is true, yeah. It's like you, you miss hanging out with your buddies. Because, like, there's so little of that in culture Today. anymore. There's so much disruption of freedom of association, or just, especially during the pandemic, it's like, atomization. we're literally isolated. So it's like, yeah, you want to find you want to you know remember what it was like to be in in high school and just like shit talk with your friends or something i don't know again it 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 borders on kind of sad and yeah <laughs> like internet pornography or something where you're getting a surrogate it's, but it's like, friend but, pornography, but no yeah. i think there's a way that it can be done artfully <laughs> it is totally, totally yeah it's like <laughs> only it's like fans, only fans for, for friends for Patreon, yeah. it's like pods are yeah like you know yeah, only fans for like yeah, <laughs> super lonely men who don't have friends. That's what comes out. <laughs> that's what uh, that's what our pot is. Right. But like, I don't get me don't get it twisted. Like, I also think it's high art. I, you know, I think I think it is fulfilling yeah, no, a social is, need. But like, is. you know, what are you? What are we gonna do? We're all strapped to these computers. Yeah, I think it's so. art. Might as well. Yeah. I mean, listen, if no, fucking I mean, stand-up comedy is art, then yeah. podcasts yeah. are art. But, I mean, like, with Nick Mullen, it's so much funnier to hear him bully Adam than to, like, hear him recount a story of it on stage. You know what I mean? It's just just something better to it. I don't know. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, it's just authentic, right? Like, he's bullying Adam. He's, like, really doing it. He's, like, really, you know, whereas, like, on stage, it's an act. It's, like, you know, of course it's an act. It's a, you know, it's a bit and he's trying to, you and know, and it's a rehearsed, like, you know, it's something they like, they rehearse and they got strangers. it beat by beat and with the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm sure they rehearse what they talk about a bit, but it feels like a natural kind of, uh, flow of consciousness coming out, you know? Yeah. It's just totally, yeah, absolutely. It's totally natural. That's, that's what comes across. That's why I was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like people who can do good stand up comedy, it's really impressive. And like, I respect the. The art form, I just yeah. it doesn't feel like very of the moment, you know. It, it feels like it's played out. I, I've seen a bit of stand up comedy here in L. A. here here and there. I actually saw Jay Leno just very randomly recently, and like, yeah, he's well, he's supposed he's to be like one like of the not, great it doesn't like stand-up speak comics to the moment. Too. Even though it's like shows, yeah. like it's was, like, it's no, he's good. It was funny for years, you know, like the. It was just very. I, like, I don't think I've seen a single episode of show. But no, he was a good comedian. stuff, you know. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't it's, it wasn't like horrible, just yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, fluff, you know. Like yeah, popcorn TV, yeah. But it's it's interesting because his whole style, it's the, that generation of stuff yeah. is is so performative. You know, everything is planned out. He's he's basically play, the character is him, but he is playing a character. You know, that's how it is. And then like millennial stand-ups it, it's usually and sometimes it's interesting but it's not always funny it's like the, the new model is like very confessional like yeah. and, and sometimes it's political too which is annoying but it's always like you know i'm an alcoholic and like this is what i learned in aa and like here's a here's a story about you know yeah you know, something like like it's very there's a there's a much more emotional thing where you're trying to emotionally connect to and i don't know yeah um, I guess that that maybe crosses over a little bit with yeah. the kind of stuff on podcasts, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a yeah, pretty much podcast, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. soliloquy. There's a um, much for whatever reason that's. I mean, this is a broader cultural topic, but you know, at some point, a much a premium, a much more of a premium got placed on like authenticity and honesty and, and something post '90s. Um, which I, I mean, I'm neither positive or negative on it necessarily. It's just 
kind of where I we think I like the stand-up comedy better when it was like fucking yeah. like Rodney Dangerfield and they just tell like jokes like little one-liner type, <laughs> type jokes you know right yeah. I think I think that kind yeah. of performative stuff lends itself better to stand up and then the stuff where you're really just yeah why are you doing that yeah why are you whatever, doing that, that lends itself better show. to podcasts I don't know yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah well, speaking about uh, honesty, maybe it's time to move on to uh, the horny posting. What'd you say? If uh, <laughs> if that is something, oh, uh, yeah. maybe it's time to move on <laughs> to horny posting, which is uh, something that we wanted to get into <laughs> and are big fans of. And uh, possibly name this yeah. episode after. <laughs> possibly because I mean, like, oh, horny posting. It seems like we it, think yeah. is kind of having a moment right now. So like. Yeah. Yeah, from like uh <laughs> Renal Failure, who is like a legit horny poster who like posts pics of like, you know, thick but you know, barely, Yeah, he's like almost know, fucking uh, almost frothing at the mouth. To Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, he's he's like, you know, a legit horny poster. <laughs> Whereas like you have people who then have like more of a kind of intellectual take on being yeah. horny. So you have like delicious tacos. Right. You have Tower House, and like I would, you know, I, you you can, you know, say I'm I'm incorrect here, but uh, I, guess, I would like, add I uh, some of your humor to that. It's kind <laughs> I don't of, know like, if intellectual is the term for yeah, it. But I, I guess that's what kind of... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like it, it's just kind of like talking about sex in a way that is like, you know, um, very honest, very like, you know, kind of like. You know, you're not like uh, pulling any punches, and like that lends itself to the sort of like honesty that is, you know, key to all humor. So, like, if you're you're talking about like some like wacky, you know, sex stuff, it's like it's it's very easy to then kind of connect with people because it's like, well, he went there, and it's like, okay, yeah, I, I can. Well, see it's like sometimes you would, say you know, something work. truly awful, and you're like. How you, you put it out there and you're like holding your breath and someone's like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. And you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> you're the only fucking person. <laughs> yeah. Because you're expecting someone to say like, yeah, what the fuck is wrong? <laughs> and you're like, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, again, not to get to uh, theory cell about it, but there's something about, even if it's sex, something sexual sort of for the sake of humor there's really something about reaching in looking in and being radically honest to the point of discomfort about it that uh i think is analogous to what is done you know we're a literature podcast so this is one of the things we talk about like that is analogous to great literature you know if, if you're able and i and and moreover uh, you know, sometimes horniness, uh, sexuality is, is the most ready access most people, certainly most men, have to that kind of, like, well of honesty uh, and, well, even, like, you know, the, the male gaze even, like, being able to tap into that can make for really hilarious horny posting, but also can be the seed. And I, we think this happened a little bit. We think this is kind of, like, behind what makes Delicious Tacos writing so great. Uh, it can happen, you know, on, on a, a range of topics if you if you get used to to that that method of of being honest and putting it into words. Well, uh, I think definitely like in a kind of literature. age where people on different 
sides of the political spectrum can't agree on everything like everyone gets horny <laughs> like everybody can kind of relate to that right you know yeah. that's a good point too. and like yeah <laughs> yeah no it's a point of real commonality mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah for sure i mean that's why tacos has fans kind of on both sides of the spectrum i mean a little bit rightward leaning sure but like he's got fans on both sides of the spectrum even come town which uh I, i'm not as seasoned of a listener but I, but like even that like it's like it, it foregrounds the sex. Yeah, I know a lot of foregrounds that common that, denominator. Uh, just by. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Because uh, we all get well, come. Everybody <laughs> got to come. Like, yeah. not to uh, intellectualize this. <laughs> exactly. Too, too much. But renal failure, like, he, he has way more followers than, yeah. like, you know, if, uh, the, their typical porn account or whatever, which is like, you know, they struggle to build followers, no, especially he... if they're just reposting pics. Like, the reason why people follow Reynold is like, yeah. he's like, he's, it's really him, and he's really horny, and he's horny for these fat women. And that's just like, that's like, it's like you're following not for the pics of the women. Well, you are, but like also for, uh, you know, you want to go on this, like, you know, horny this trip. This horny, like, amphetamine laced <laughs> fucking <laughs> four hour jerk off session in a dark room. Yeah, I mean, the girls he posts too, some of them are like, is this hot or is this yeah. disgusting? Like, it's like, it's on the verge of like, like, this is repulsive to me, but I'm also kind yeah. of intrigued by it. <laughs> and it's not, so, I wouldn't look this up myself, yeah. Yeah. but now that I'm looking he, like, at he it, he pushes the boundaries. He appeal to it, you know? And then some of the huh. stuff he posts, I'm like, all right, I'm not into that yeah. at all. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> 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 Yeah, the yeah. Uh, I mean this uh, I don't usually get this explicit on the pod, but it's I, and I actually just realized I don't even follow Renault Failure. I don't know how that happened because I think I used to, but anyway, neither here nor there. Follow him back now, uh, but no, the types of stacked women he posts. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that Frog Twitter, for lack of a better term, has sort of uh, re like helped bring back uh, the <laughs> culture of the boob guy. You know, there's this this dialogue. About how the ass had like this incredible run yeah. from like enough, know, enough to, with like, the hip, maybe hip hop influence please, or something. The giant, like, 2005. Like, fake asses are horrible. Yeah, I feel like tits, like that that like ice cube yeah. type oh, thing. Yeah. That women I do feel now. like yeah, no. I mean, yeah. yeah, I I feel like breasts are kind of coming back, and I I wonder if there is. I do kind of feel like some, yeah. some frog accounts. Well, I th- I'm just <laughs> may have helped influence that thing is kind of winding down where like everyone on right wing Twitter was like kind of anti-sex and pretending like they you just go to church and say the rosary and like the whole like anti-coomer thing. I mean, I get yeah. it if you're too into the shit, but like there was a whole like kind of right wing thing about like, yeah. you know, literally return posting and like posting pictures of like women in drindles and fucking in a field. Somewhere. Oh yeah. So that, I always bored the shit out of me sometimes. That's kind of run its toll. Yeah, that shit never had much life. Yeah, I think it has run its toll. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that does seem to be like a real schism on the right in Twitter. You got like the, the trads, but even like among the frogs, you do have some who are just kind of like, you know, like being being horny is in some sense like a bit of a like, you know, it, 
no. it's not necessarily an alpha characteristic. Oh, it's definitely. <laughs> it can pathetic. be like yeah. kind of like pathetic. It can be kind of desperate. Yeah. So like you know, if you're on like you know hardcore like frog alpha Twitter, like you, you gotta be you know whatever. Like like yeah, it's like horny posting is like I think there's this kind of weird tension there where it's like you know some people on the right will admit it's funny and it's like you know um you know kind of cool oh but i've like had also people like get pissed at me distasteful yeah. yeah it's all it's all about control i think there's ways to thread this needle and i think there's a lot of accounts that do uh and there's a lot of accounts that kind of can appreciate a certain amount of uh socially conservative values quote-unquote while still i think for the most part yeah there are some guys who seem you know, kind of fucking spurgs about it to a little yeah. bit pissed off but like oh yeah there's a lot of i think that's yeah, just like yeah that's just maybe spurks on both sides <laughs> running to people yeah. like that yeah just being online exactly i mean my whole i've said this multiple places i've said it on the pod I've, i think i've written about it even like you got you got to thread that needle between and um old man oh the smarter manosphere guys talked about this too like Hartis like you got to thread that needle between being horny and being sometimes attracted to like you know just uh sort of the degraded you know filth of the world like you know as a man <laughs> horny for the horny filth for of the world a little bit but also <laughs> like no I like it. Uh, that's a that's a stupid <laughs> way of putting it but you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. You, you know you're, you're you're horny for smut like you know you want that. But also, like, you, you have to be, like, vertically oriented, like, you know, because that, that's what makes you of the right, you know, is, like, if you're, you know, you, you, you value greatness, to, to put it a little too simplistically, like, that's kind of the philosophical undercurrent of being, like, a, a right-wing person, valuing hierarchy, whatever. Like, there, I think there is a way to thread that needle where, like, you, you embrace the, the energy, the, 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 the reproductive force represented by horniness will Even also, like, you know, <laughs> you did, like, the, the football player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I'm doing that on the camera. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it can be done and I, I'm not trying to like, um, hero worship any accounts or anything. We all have nuanced takes yeah. over, but like, you know, even someone like BAP is pretty good about talking about this, where he, he's kind of an anti-anti-porn guy a little bit, but also like not necessarily pro-porn. Like, it's like, you know, it's, he, he's, he, he people, people like that from Frog Twitter, you know, encourage the, you know, masculine control or whatever, but also like don't have a high tolerance for like squeamishness about sex. It's a needle that yeah. can be threaded. I mean, um, I think Terror House, as a publisher, does a pretty good job of this. Like, they, like, arguably are a kind of dissident right publisher, but, like, have, you know, really, like, horny uh, books that they publish. <laughs> so, um, yeah. No, I mean, I think there's definitely this kind of... And, like, Tacos is not very political, necessarily, but, like, you know, it, it seems like he does have kind of those... Um, Higher values, shall we say? Yeah, he kind of backs off. I mean, he, he almost seems like he's almost on the right, and then he'll pull back. You know, I, I like him, but like he does, like he kind of he gets he yeah, flirts with the idea, and then he has to go back to, oh no, no, yeah. Like some people like can't get past a certain point where they feel like I feel like yeah. they feel like bad people or something if they go past it, so they like kind of pull back. But but I think that. I think that's a good point you made. Like I, yeah, I no, don't like the whole like, like like anti-sex thing, but I think control, like 
being in control of yourself and like having self-discipline that is something that i think is important you know and like also if yeah just because you're talking about something yeah. doesn't mean yeah. you're actually doing it you know what I mean? <laughs> just because you know like people talk right. people sometimes address you yeah. like you just told them like a life story and it's like this is just a weird scenario i made up you know like don't you know, get mad at me over it mm-hmm. yeah yeah no no like uh, there's a difference between being a quote-unquote coomer and like uh you know just like enjoying a kind of like book that's like horny or like enjoying like you know like uh you know see a kind of like uh fat ass woman walk by and you're just like <laughs> like you know wow and like that's that's okay yeah <laughs> that's like you know it doesn't mean you're a coomer no, yeah. it doesn't mean you're <laughs> yeah it's yeah, always it's like, like you, you can like, coom if, if you're that doesn't fucking mean you're life right like just watching porn do you ever see like the mtv true life i'm addicted to porn or like the guy <laughs> The, the guy would just no, watch but it sounds amazing. He'd put on a porn video and just smoke a cigar and like watch it like a like a like a fucking movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like a like yeah, a boss. Yeah. Yeah. I told I told this. I had a roommate and he was like a he was like a black Muslim guy. He'd been in prison. He got out and we were we, were, we had like rooms next to each other and he would just go into his bed and he would watch porn on his phone on full blast but he would just like enjoy it like with the door open but there was always this tension like he could watch it you could you would even watch like the story parts like you could hear the dialogue and he would just sit there watching it <laughs> like like it's like a fucking movie <laughs> weirdest thing i ever saw but yeah i guess there are people who do that they just watch porn like to huh. relax and i've been i remember i had like a weed dealer and I'd go over and every time i was over there there would be That's like a amazing. porn DVD playing like, just like in the background. Yeah. Like hanging out and like doing whatever. Well, well, I think about that with the different eras of porn. Not that I'm a uh, connoisseur or anything, but uh, like they, they, there used to be actual fucking movies made, you know, with story. Well, they lines. had to. They had yeah. to do that to get around like obscenity laws. It was, that, was, like, that, they, was that what that yeah, was? Okay, that makes they sense. They could say that. like, oh, okay, this is like, you know, there's a story. If you had just, they had movies with like stag films were just sex, but you couldn't show that like in a theater or it would be, it would be oh. rated. Yeah, so that's had to, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know. So that's where all yeah. the stories and stuff came from. But then people kind of liked the stories. You know, some people like to have like a setup and everything. Yeah, like Edward Penis Hands and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. The classic yeah, the... Edward Penis Hands. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think people did get into that. And I think there are people who like would watch that and just have it on the background, as you were saying. Um, which is kind of foreign to me, but yeah. I wouldn't do it. I don't yeah. know. I'm just fuck- when I'm done fucking jacking off or whatever, and the I just I immediately close everything. And yeah, close the laptop. I'm like, I don't want to fucking look at it. Yeah, <laughs> post nut, post nut shame. Yeah. yeah, I don't really feel yeah, shame anymore, but it's just like it holds no interest to me after that point. Right. I mean, it's right. like when I was a kid, I felt like exactly shame. After, <laughs> after yeah, of course. I remember fucking like I one time I was so ashamed of myself I threw out all the like porno mags I had collected and then I got horny the next day and snuck back out into like the garbage and like took them back. I mean I was only raised on the, the internet, so I never had the chance to, to do that. But I've yeah, I've done that with, oh. with cigarettes. <laughs> like like buy them. Yeah, it's the same out. idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I would have done that with, with, with smut as well if if I hadn't been, if I had, if, if, if doing that wouldn't have involved throwing out the most expensive things I own in terms of technology. I didn't, 
I didn't get a real internet connection until I was 17. And I always wonder like what, what it would have been like if I had the internet just growing up and just looking at <clears throat> whenever I wanted to. Yeah. It'd be like a fucking yeah. serial killer or something. <laughs> well, that's like the big question right now is like, cause I, and I, I, I'll just be honest. I don't know. Well, I'm, like, I'm yeah, actually kind know. of in between like, uh, because like, I think Matt, you're a little younger. So you grew up kind of with like, like a, I'm a younger millennial, so I definitely saw internet porn at like like yeah. thirteen or something. But I didn't see it at like nine. And I think Gen Z, someone who's probably yeah. Gen Z, can see it even that young. And that's different. But even too. when you were thirteen, was there like all like the Pornhub type? No, stuff? I was like, looking at pictures yeah, right. of tits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Which that's is different. different I think. It is different. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like you can fucking just look yeah. at whatever Cock the fuck you want. At yeah, like yeah. yeah. And I feel like people. That's how you get into weird shit. Like it's just like. You, you have too many options and you're just like oh, yeah no it's like an arms race watching people a horny arms race where you like gotta yeah, find yeah. new and weird <laughs> shit and like yeah I think that is like to an extent a thing for some people I think I so think too. it is too I think I think it, you have to have a certain I think there's probably a certain psychology underlining it but I definitely think like there are people who get into stuff that they probably wouldn't have gotten into if they didn't have like free access to anything. There's know? stuff that they, they like Gen Z. They probably wouldn't have even like ever understood a fetish that maybe they have. Like other generations, yeah. you never would have. You could have been your whole life like potentially interested in like BDSM or something, but all you experience it as is like a general desire for domination or submission or whatever. Like. But if you're if you're looking at porn yeah. at you're just twelve, a dick. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking at porn at like when, as a teenager, you're going to actually get into leather and like acting out scenarios and like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll just I, I I'm kind of agnostic on it. Like I, I'm not exactly like I'm definitely not like pro porn per se. But I don't I don't know if it's as like ruinous as some people think it is. Yeah, I mean if yeah. if you're into a weird fetish and it's just something you like, even though it's fucking bizarre, but it doesn't like ruin your life, I don't, I don't really care. Exactly. You know, yeah, like to be honest, like if you're into the fucking balloon inflationist shit or yep. like, you know, being a furry or yeah. whatever, I mean it's your business. Yeah, no, I mean I'm kind of small L libertarian about it too. Um yeah. but it is definitely an open question, like how is this gonna affect kids who grow up with it? You know, the, the, the erectile dysfunction scare, is that, how real is that? You know, I, I do think that older hysteria about porn, that it's going to cause people to commit sexual violence in their life. That seems completely empirically untrue. I don't think that's but, true, but I think it might be for people who are predisposed to do that. It might be like a self-enforcing. I mean, type. I think yeah. one of the issues. Like, probably. I know Ted Bundy said that, but I, I'm sure Ted Bundy <laughs> would have been a fucking killer anyway but it might have been something that yeah. kind of fueled what he already had going yeah. on yeah and conversely maybe if ted bundy had been born 30 years later he just spent all his time cooming <laughs> you know maybe he needed more porn. <laughs> no I, yeah it's a big for me it's like I, i'd have to look at some of the the data whatever uh it you know there's a lot of the most hysterical things people say about porn are probably untrue but also like it's kind of gen z is like jet, ground zero for like having access to it so young so I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll see, right? I guess all we can do is see what right. it's like in 20 yeah. years. Yeah. We have a whole generation of like. I think one of the killers. issues is like the yeah. slippery slope thing. And so, like, yeah, all this like balloon, you know, fetish or like, you know, gangbangs or, you know, whatever, you know, more, you know, deranged and degraded stuff. Like, that's 
I mean, if you want to do it and like, you know, that's, that's fine. That's like, you know, go ahead. But the issue then becomes when it's like, well, I'm, uh, you know, I identify as a gangbang slot and I want to have like my rights uh, as like, like when it's brought into the open and it's like, you know, yeah, right. like what? What he can he can fucking dress up like a stuffed yeah, animal. Yeah, exactly. Can I do and just kind of like deranges <laughs> the culture, like this, and it's like this kind of crazy yeah, smut it stuff. It's not even hot when it's brought into the open. It's just weird and fucked up. Like it's supposed to be underground. No, I know, and that's kind of like what BAP I think has co-signed on as well. Yeah, that like the the underground, like you know, dirty energy of whatever. Like that's where it's supposed to be. That's where it's hot. That's where it's. But when you try to like yeah. take this stuff and be like, oh, actually, it's great to be a like you know an adult baby. It's not great to be an adult baby. It's like it's a it's a right. shameful yeah. fucked up thing. I mean, that's <laughs> which yeah. is okay. It's like, but I mean, like it's that's where. It's supposed to be <laughs> well yeah, that's no, even that's something with like just homosexuality and i know yeah. jack from uh perfume nash has talked about this like it it's become kind of like ruined because it's become yeah. so mainstream yeah, and it's absolutely. not like a, it's not like a cool underground like if you see a movie like cruising like yeah it's fucking gross and kind of dirty but it also has like this dangerous underground thing yeah. you know like the gay nightclub scenes and mm-hmm. that and like now it's like you know you have like oh absolutely pride parades and their police Corporate. cars there and like they're, they're oh yeah your kid. it's like fucking disneyland or something it, it's, it's like a, i mean it's like it's literally totally disneyland yeah. at this point uh, <laughs> oh yeah i mean the, the, yeah. The don't say gay yeah. disney whatever backlash yeah i mean um, sex should kind of feel like transgressive in a way not like in a way where you're hurting somebody but like you're kind of doing something you know dangerous in a way yeah. like that's you're, you're doing something right. dirty uh, totally this is you know shameful yeah, yeah. and like if it's not shameful if it's like yeah. in the open and it's like well this is a beautiful thing actually to you know wear a diaper like yeah. no that's not a beautiful that's fucking ridiculous and i'm like i'm i'm picking on the adult babies i guess i don't know that seems sorry i love you guys it's uh yeah no it's it's meant to be shameful and that's fine Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. In the case of that fetish, literally the the, the fetish is to, to feel ashamed. Like at some point they're gonna burn out on that because it's not One shameful think. enough anymore. So, well, maybe not. I don't, I'm not a psychologist, but yeah. No, I actually think uh, it's it's a it's a weird kind of political position, but I think that it's weirdly tenable in the world as it is to hold. Like I I would say I have you know somewhat socially conservative values, and I hold those. Both because, like, I believe that, you know, normies, normal people, uh, you know, have the right to normalcy. Like, I, I think, like, that's a health, in a healthy society, you know, I think that um, that those kind of normative values should be defended. But also, like, unironically, without, uh, as weird as it sounds, I, I honestly do also hold those values because I do value transgression. Yeah. Like, there needs to be something to transgress against. I think yeah. this is, like, some, like, weird Sufi thing, but, like, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the orange has to have, like, a thick rind to, to, to protect the sweetness inside. Or so, like, I, I heard some, like, Muslim <laughs> mystic say that about the, the social, you know, the, 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 the social conservative dimensions of, uh, of that religion. And I think there's something to that. Like, they're... Just politically, you know, I, I do... I support like normative stuff and like a good culture of, you know, 
you know, where it's safe for children and families and where those values can flourish. And it's as much to defend for normal people as also because I do like believe in the power of transgression and, yeah. and for there to be something outside of the norm. Um, well, imagine a guy becoming like a super orthodox Muslim. Who still <laughs> sex gets better, you know? uh, it's not, it's not crazy. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really I a fan of Islam. I would be surprised if it's like, yeah. 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 What's that line in, uh, if you've read, uh, or I'm sure some of our listeners have read submission by Wellback, yeah. where Europe goes under an Islamic, uh, wait, is that how you say his name? Wellback? Yeah. That's how you say it? Yeah, how did you say it? I was saying, like, Hollenbeck. No. I mean, I mean, I used to say it It's his Wellback. Yeah. I, I've read the book. I had no idea that's how you said his name. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like you almost just have to think, like, W-E-L-L Beck. Like, yeah. Wellbeck. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't heard people say it. But but anyway, there there I met one of the many memorable lines in that is something about how, like, you know, in the West, women put all this effort into their appearance uh, to project the sexuality outwards. So when they get home, you know, they're tired. They just want to go to bed and put on pajamas, take the makeup off. Whereas in the Islamic world, it's like the opposite. It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, um, like that 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 orange. I, I didn't expect to be like saying vaguely pro Islamic <laughs> today, but like that that orange metaphor <laughs> that is, I heard. This is now pro Islamic. <laughs> the uh, the new yes. caliphate. Um, <laughs> Reclaim, reclaiming the literary that, that holy land from the heathen still works yeah no it's um, there's, there's a lot to this I think <laughs> <laughs> no definitely um, I, I thought um, maybe uh, we could move on to uh, just getting into comedy twitter and like like as we were talking before uh you didn't you've had many different handles and like and throughout you i assume have had the kind of like zany comedy persona that you you know currently uh you know maintain uh so you've had many handles on on twitter and like i think you know, throughout, yeah, you've yeah. maintained the kind of like zany uh, kind of comedy energy that you. Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like right, like the hand, the, the names aren't because it's a, like a different character or something. It's cause, like I said, cause, <laughs> got fans. I, I am who I am across like the the thing. I guess. Uh, I, I wonder. I I wish I could look back at those like uh old ones and see how different it was i'm sure it's different in some way you know mm. but uh i think it's pretty consistent yeah uh, i think i kind of have like a pathological need to <laughs> like repeat these like disgusting <laughs> things from the bottom of my psyche i was gonna ask um so you had this really big tweet this last week which I guess I'll just read it if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you're an e-girl and I pay you $25 of my hard-earned money for a cock review, <laughs> I expect a more professional response than where's the rest of it, LMAO. <laughs> and that has like 30K likes. And, yeah, I was surprised. Which is pretty remarkable. I, I guess uh, I just wanted to highlight that as a hilarious tweet, but also <laughs> what um, what is your biggest banger of all time? Like, what is is that it? Is, or what's no, I I mean, yeah. uh, technically, I had one that like I put, I posted a screenshot of something that got like two hundred. Oh wow! Wow! Like yeah. it's I, I didn't fucking do anything. I don't take any pride. <laughs> you know, it's just like 
it was a funny screenshot about LeBron James. Like someone, basically someone messaged LeBron James and they're like, oh, you know, I love you. You know, you're a great athlete. Uh, if you have any words of inspiration, then LeBron James just replies, basketball. Like, <laughs> I'm a retard. I know. I mean, it's really funny, but it's, I, I didn't do it. And I said something like, I put something on top of like, oh, never been uh, uh, or something like that. But yeah. Like, oh, I kind of yeah, might have seen that. Yeah, and that one, like people... People were asking me like uh like they were, they actually wanted to buy advertisements on it and like but they Whoa. only offer you twenty dollars yeah. yeah so it's like what I'm like I'm not, I said well, I'll do it for five hundred and they just didn't answer me <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you don't I mean you go viral a good amount which is great but it's like you have no one has no control over what they get no I I I've for. put yeah. I've my funniest one, the ones I think are funniest usually don't do well, that. What's one of your favorites? Yeah, you know, and the ones I think, oh, I don't, I was going over one, I'll, I'll tell you right now, because I was looking at it the other day, I was showing somebody, and like, they don't <laughs> do very, very well at all. Let me just see if I, but I mean, it's also like who retweets you. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, if, you get, if you get like a big guy retweeting you, that's Boost, like a yeah. huge thing, you know? So, like, that's why if you have, like, a couple hundred followers, like, I see people, like, get kind of upset. It's like, it's just, you don't have enough people following yeah. you. Know? Yeah. Well, you need to get to banger class. And if you're if you're a banger yeah, class account. It becomes yeah, easier. Definitely. Yeah, it's not like you get better. It's just it becomes easier as, like, uh, as you get more followers, it kind of, like, uh, you know. Yeah, snowball, the snowball effect. Yeah, this is why Matt and I keep low my, accounts. My... We don't want to have too many bangers. Yeah, you got to keep it exactly. pure. Right. <laughs> we, you got to keep it we, pure. We're right. not, yeah, you know, showboats. We don't want to have too many bangers out there, you know, identifying us <laughs> as braggarts. So. Yeah, yeah. We gotta <laughs> so, no, I was going to say, though, my, my most popular tweet ever was like a screen grab from SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I only I got like three thousand likes, which is not very many, but for me that's, that's a lot. like above and beyond. Yeah, like anything I've ever got. So anyway, just case in point, you don't really choose. Like, and I remember with the 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 thing with that tweet is I was like a, it was someone some it was some there was like some account that was like at penis or something. Like it was like a penis? really weird. Yeah, I don't think it's around anymore. I don't even know if it was a dissident right account. It was just like a weird horny post horny posting slash shit posting account. And it posted like a, an image of like fake muscles or something that you could buy, and like that went really viral. And then I responded with the line from that one SpongeBob episode, which I'm a little younger, so maybe I'm more familiar with this than you guys. But like, uh, there's there's like this this plot line where 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 you can get fake you know big muscly arms, and the line is like, "Now I'm a jerk and everyone loves me." <laughs> so I, I tweeted a screen grab of that, and I just remember it it. It got retweeted, like, on, I guess, like, the kind of shit-posting corner of the internet that we're on, and then it, like, made its way through, like, left-wing Twitter, and I saw all the likes from that, and then it made its way to black Twitter, and that's... Oh, dude, that'll get you huge, yeah. Black people love... Well, that thing I had about the the cock review thing got onto left-wing Twitter, and it got onto all the e-girls who do cock reviews, which is a real thing. And they started DMing me saying, listen, if you want, you know, I can do it for 15. I'll give you a cock. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I think that is the key to that kind of virality is like, yes, you have to do really well with your usual. You got to get it out to people who wouldn't normally see it. That's, I mean, that's how. Yeah, I and you break in 
you break into like other dimensions of Twitter. It's interesting. And then they then they works. follow it's, you and yeah. they see the horrible shit you post. <laughs> like, I, want, I want nothing to do with this yeah. guy. Yeah, I always I think with the SpongeBob thing, I was worried that I'd like get doxxed or something because. I didn't think the people who were liking it would especially like eh. anything else I had to say, but the blessing, blessing in disguise, none of them even probably looked at my yeah, page. You know? I mean, they, they just, usually will see just the like the thing and move on, or if they follow, they'll see right. it like, oh, I don't like this guy, and unfollow. You know, they, 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 I don't yep, really, I don't exactly. know too much of like people <laughs> thinking they're going to like me and hating me and like actually hearing about it, you know? Yeah, no. But like, Twitter's, I don't know. As you said earlier, like if you if you're interacting with blue checks, that that gets you in hot water. But for the most part, like no one's, I don't know. No, no one like is trying to start up too much shit with random accounts on Twitter that they don't know. I had a tweet, the one I was talking about before, the one that I like more than really do good is like uh it's just my coworker. Last night I got home and took a nice long bath and I said me outwardly, wow, that sounds relaxing, but me inwardly, my god, this man was molesting. <laughs> I, I saw that one. <laughs> yeah, people didn't think that was as funny. I always think it's funny to think that men who take baths are molested. That's like a thing with me. I, anytime, anytime a grown man tells me, oh, I just want to have a nice warm bath. I'm like, oh, what's wrong with you? Like, you want to just lay there with well, your dick out? I mean, that's, like, that's you know, a great example filth, like... of like one of those things that, yeah, you say that like kind of strikes a chord of truth that people weren't even thinking about. But when it's said out loud, it's like... <laughs> Because, like, yeah, like, when I read that tweet, I'm like, taking a bath is kind of, like, weird little pedo. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't. I, <laughs> I feel like a man who regularly pedo. takes baths, yeah. he might be a pedo. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> not to, you know, join the current uh, discourse on the whole thing there, but, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're attacking yeah. it. We're attacking adult adult babies and fucking bath takers on this one right Fuck right that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah with, with things like that it's like i don't know the best tweets the the ones that do the best like it, it had it has to hit like immediately and i feel like with a tweet like that maybe some people just wouldn't even like you have to you know people are scrolling so fast it's like what's that molestation yeah know, like but whereas like uh the cock review one it's like yeah there's, there's words on that that just pull your I eyes. I think cock you know? review is what this <laughs> the term right. cock review yeah, threw yeah. in a lot of eyes. Yeah, and it's like a little transgressive. Like people are like, oh my god, people actually get cock reviews, which of they, course do, they do. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I I don't know. It, I've I've been on Twitter a while now, and sometimes people knew it. They're like, oh, you know, you have a decent amount of followers. I've seen you like get likes. Like, what? Like, you have any advice? It's like, no, not really. I don't. I don't know. Just kidding. yeah, exactly. It might happen. It might not. You know, it's, it's random, basically. Yeah, there's things that you can do to. Yeah, no, basically, it's like anything else. Thing you just have to keep at yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, a friend of the pod, Bad Billy Pratt, he has a whole, uh, you know, theory and you know, explanation for how to gain Twitter followers. And I think he's very. There's pro. I'm sure there is a system that would probably work, uh, like at least make it make you get yeah. more. But I mean, who wants to fucking no, do that? It, just, exactly. You know. Like the the fastest way to get Twitter followers is to like cover a niche area, and you're like you're the car guy, yeah. you're the the uh, yeah, you know you're sense. the Battle of Verdun guy, you're the whatever guy. Whereas like the hardest way to gain followers is what you've done which is to be like an actual like <laughs> account that is like, okay, this is actually, you know, um, 
this guy, I want to listen to this guy's tweets because they're funny. <laughs> and that's like the <laughs> hardest you. way to, yeah. to do it. Oh, definitely. It's like the, yeah. Yeah. But I'd say Twitter kind of gets worse the more followers you get. Like once you, once you pass a certain threshold, it starts to get more annoying to like get more and more people. You know, it's like, it's hard to explain. Like the better you get at this site, the worse it gets in a weird way. Yeah, that's what yeah. I've heard. Uh, I, I definitely don't speak from experience with my like three thirty followers, but um, but yeah, every, everyone says it gets worse when you get more, and that the antidote to that is to block anyone who. That's what like, I've heard. Yeah, I don't block. I don't yeah. block anybody though. I don't, yeah, <laughs> maybe I should. I wouldn't want to either, but like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it. But you get people who like just fucking hate you, and they're like. Retweet you and be like, "This guy sucks." Like, <laughs> 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 well, that's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what's that saying? You, uh, you know, if people hate you, you're doing something right. So, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we definitely. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up was uh, your your profile, your current right, profile yeah. picture, as well as your banner. Uh, both uh, your profile pictures from River's Edge, Dennis Hopper with his blow-up doll wife, yeah. and your banner photo is from Lost Highway, Robert Loggia giving, uh, what's that guy's name? Oh, Balthazar Getty. J- Balthazar <laughs> Getty a porno on VHS. Anyway, I noticed that in prep for the episode today because those are like two of my favorite movies. I don't know if you feel... Well, I, I love I, River's Edge. Yeah. I really like River's Edge a lot. And I like I like Lost Highway. I think Lost Highway is really good. But, like, well, the problem with Lost Highway is, like, the kind of... I don't like the parts with Balthazar Getty. Like, that whole, like, you know, how it kind of switches. Oh, yeah, really? I like the part, the beginning and the end, I like, of Lost Highway. It kind of, like, meanders for me that, at that part. It is definitely a meandering yeah. movie. Uh, to me, I mean, I'm, I'm just, as so many of us are, I'm just a massive Lynch fan. And I, I think Lost Highway is, like, one of the slightly less appreciated yeah, oh, one, so i really get down with it on that level but there's no denying that it's very meandering um but i love but it's also I, hilarious know, I, I love and, robert blake in that and I, I had him as my uh avatar on one of the older uh, incarnations or whatever you want to call it robert blake the cameraman mystery man yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah he's he's fantastic apparently that guy like actually oh, yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. fucked up like yeah. yeah he killed his wife and he got away with it well, kind of like in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I I've, I remember I watched Lost Highway in, in college. It's been kind of a, a favorite of mine. Yeah, it's it's meandering, but there's a few scenes. There's just so many good scenes in it. I mean, anything with any time Robert Blake's on camera, um, that scene that you have on your banner photo yeah. where he's like, you like pornos? <laughs> I, Robert Loggia is very funny in it. Yeah. Um, and of course, the scene that comes shortly out, or maybe right before that, where he kicks the shit out of someone. And on the driving drive. for like what he cut him off or something uh-huh. like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. <laughs> and he gives him a lecture really on stuff. like uh, on safe driving techniques. Get, <laughs> yeah, get yourself a, a California DMV manual. <laughs> yeah. Which it's kind of a weird synchronicity because in the last episode we posted that we California DMV manuals, but that's that's neither here nor there. That's just a that's just odd. But anyway um yeah i think what um the funniest scenes in lost highway but also the funniest scenes in um river's edge with dennis hopper they they do a really good job of uh a kind of un of capturing like an unhinged male horniness yeah. 
So, I mean, I'm sure you could probably just pick those pictures because, you know, they were your cultural references that you jive with in some way. But I do, I, I kind of saw a connection. Like, well, the, okay, it, it matches your brand that you'd, you'd, you'd vibe with those characters. I used to change bit. my little avatar, like, every every few months or so. But, like, the, the, I don't something about the Dennis Hopper one people really like. Yeah, no, it's really <laughs> good. It's good yeah. because, let me, it's let me like, pull it up. Yeah. He yeah, has a you know a really kind of like uh, hungry look about him. I would say. I think it just kind of encapsulates. But also like a little sad. Going, yeah, sad, horny, kind of slightly psychotic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, that's an incredible Dennis Hopper. Yeah, he's great. Maybe even better. Maybe maybe even better than Blue Velvet. The Blue Velvet. But you know what's funny? A couple times I've but... had people go like, "I'd be telling like, well, you like Stephen Mullen, you know?" I'm like. I don't really like Stephen Mullen. You tell me, and they're like, "Well, your avatar, you have a picture." <laughs> 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 I'm like, no, I never Aren't noticed you that. Think I'm like this huge Stephen Molyneux fanboy, or something, you know? <laughs> or do, <laughs> or do people think that Stephen Molyneux ever posed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's well, also a funny question. Yeah, it's, uh, part of his uh, philosophy huh. course. Yeah, blow up doll. <laughs> they thought step. Who's the other guy? Uh, Cernovich. They also have thought that was a picture huh. of. Him. Interesting. Yeah, that's I don't. Th- I get I Stephen Molyneux a little. Well. I don't get the yeah, Cernovich one, but whatever. That's uh-huh. certain. But yeah, you're saying River's Edge was kind of a, a big uh, movie. Yeah, I really liked you. River's Edge. I don't know if I'd say it was like 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 an influential movie to me, but that was a really good like uh-huh. teen drama. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's kind of the guy. I only recently learned the guy who directed it. I don't. His name is not coming to me, but he also directed like the pilot of Beverly oh, really? Hills 90210. Yeah, it's a, he has an extensive uh, TV directing career. He directed some episodes of oh, Riverdale wow. too, which is I mean, some people would say that's cringe, but yeah, he's very much stayed hmm. in like the teen drama uh, world for like 30, 40 years, and has some really interesting. Well, I think credits, he really but, yeah, Rivers really Edge got like what it felt what? like to be like a kind of like unsupervised teen in that movie, like yeah. a Gen X, like running. Yeah, around. I mean that that movie, yeah. That movie feels very Gen X, not in a bad way. Um, I yeah, it, it seems to. And I, I like how it bridges the gap. Like it's it's a teen drama, but also it's like genuinely pretty edgy in a way yeah. that teen dramas would. Well, I mean, yeah, they kill um, a fucking kid. I mean, yeah, the whole yeah, thing. It's got Christmas. Also, yeah. funny yeah. though. Like we we talked about this before, Matt yeah. and I. And like sometimes, like the best humor comes from something that is like not really trying to be funny but the unhinged nature of the performances exactly. is like just like like yeah like the you know as they congregate around the body and they're like kind of like trying to figure out what to do it's just kind of like this is a hilarious it's sad and everything else but it's also you know it, it has that kind of absurdity that you know often that always gives like a certain feeling when you're watching a movie like is this supposed to be funny like is this funny is this funny on purpose is this just weird like i don't really know how to feel about this scene and it gives you kind of like an unbalanced type of thing david lynch does that a lot too it's like i yeah is, definitely is this scary yeah. or is this stupid like i think it's meant like funny or like meant yeah to be both kind of i, I think there is that yeah. element of humor in there like a good counter example of something that's meant to be serious but is funny. Matt and I watched Top Gun the other week, and like, yeah, it's, it's very enjoyable, but also yeah. like, it's just so over the top, it's ridiculous, and it's like clearly not. But meant I don't to think Top funny. Gun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think. No, they're, they're not. Absolutely like, I think not. It's supposed it's to be. Just... This, is, this is fucking cool. They're like playing volleyball with each other. And yeah. They're jacked. And, like, yeah, right. That, I was thinking like, of that they scene get too. Chicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like, it's like the gayest. 
like it's like a hallmark of like gay scenes. Oh yeah, films, for sure, know? the volleyball scene. Yeah, definitely. But that, and like with David yeah, Lynch, you know, of... it's like you know, he's like a good enough filmmaker. Where like he's probably trying to evoke this. But with River's Edge, you're kind of like, I don't really know this guy. Like, maybe this is just, like, inept, or maybe he's really getting a weird, ambiguous feeling. Like, you know, I think he, I think he was yeah. trying to get, like, that. I think so, too. I don't think it was, yeah. There's a weird... Yeah. It makes it funnier, because when you're asking for the joke, it's never as funny. And, yeah, the, the, the earnestness of that movie, and even of David Lynch's work, which is often, you know, earnest in its way as well, uh, is what makes it that much more effective, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I mean, the humor is often, like, like, I'm sure you'd agree, Matt, that, like, watching Top Gun, that was way funnier than, like, any Judd Apatow movie that we might oh, watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like for that. sure. It's, uh, yeah, like, yeah, when he definitely. does breaks into, like, it's both funny and touching, like, when he breaks into You Lost That Loving Feeling, it's, like, hilarious, but also, yeah. like, you know, like, oh, it's kind of sweet. <laughs> Were you yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. moved by Top Gun? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we were talking about uh, when which Dan and I watched this, and um, the, the over, I and mean, it was my first time seeing Top Gun, and the kind of overwhelming feeling I got from it, like, yes, his buddy dies, but for the most part, the theme of the movie is. You know, Tom Cruise is Maverick, and the question is, is he too much of a Maverick? Like, he do, he's the guy who does his own thing. You know, he, he's America. You know, he plays by his own rules, whatever. Like, he doesn't yeah, do he, too he much. Does. That's the central He does, conflict. though. That's like, the thing. He's, like, a danger to everyone else. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the movie kind of played, like, no, he's just a badass. Like, no, this is, like, you know, he's got, he got a guy killed. You know, I mean, it's like, right. I, but the movie kind of wants to make it look like, you know, you don't tell him to turn and stifle his spirit. Well, well he's like causing exactly. air wrecks and uh, shit. I think, like, <laughs> crucially, the last line, one of the last lines, Iceman is like, you're still dangerous, but you could be my wingman anytime. And it's kind of this, like, you know, a, a, you know, tacit admittance, or not even tacit, like, like, yeah, you're still a dangerous maverick. But uh, you're cool with me, which is kind of like the ethos of America. It's like, yeah, we're we're, <laughs> a, da is, yeah. we're a dangerous and country just... that goes around fucking the shit up. But like, you know, you, you got to be cool well, with well, us. You want, if you're not, you want us yeah. on your side, yeah. <laughs> if, if you're not cool with us, <laughs> exactly. You're not, yeah, I mean, it just not, down. <laughs> not to get <laughs> not to get too like too like leftist uh, cinema teacher, but just think about like the state of American empire and its regard for itself when that came out, that that was the central conflict and what was probably like the biggest movie that summer was like, are you too much of a maverick? Like that's the conflict. And then, you know, nowadays it, you know, it's just so optimistic. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, four years later you got movies like river's edge where you, some of the, some of the darkness started to, to maybe go more mainstream, but yeah. Yeah. Well, another thing we wanted to get into um, is uh, this is a literary podcast, of course, and so we wanted to ask: uh, Do you have any favorite uh, comic novels, you know, satiric novels? And yeah, I mean, I, I like satire wise, yeah. I do. I don't really read books that are like straight up kind of like comedy. I guess yeah, too yeah. often. No satires, but, just yeah, more. Yeah, but like I mean, like Welbeck is really good. As I just found out, his yeah, name he's is funny. Yeah, he's <laughs> really like the the elementary particles is really funny, but also really like sad and fucking. You know. 
And uh, yeah, Bright Easton Alice, as you guys mentioned before, I really like American Psycho mm -hmm. and uh, Glamorama. Also pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, American Psycho is basically like a really dark comedy. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, arguably, like most of Ellis's work. Well, not all. Yeah, of it, but I mean, even less than zero is a little funny. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I guess like the what, what was the, when the Rules of Attraction? Like his first book was kind of more straight, but most of them have like some kind of satirical edge to them. I mean, Glamorama is pure yeah, glam comedy. Glamorama almost, is like insane. Almost. Yeah. And that's what I liked. Yeah. A lot of people, I think, didn't like it. I liked it a lot, though. Yeah, no, I, uh, I read it when I was, like, 11, and I was very disturbed. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that's, 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 like, the age you should really be reading that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was, it was cool. I like that Brett Easton Ellis didn't do the thing, the edgelord thing we were talking about before, where you kind of retreat behind, like, a facade of leftism. You know, he's pretty... You know, oh, no, he's, uh... He's yeah, based. pretty much. Like I, I listen to his podcast. Yeah, um, he's not. He's kind of apolitical. He's a, maybe a little like tacos in that regard. Like I, I think he's. I think he goes a little further than nominally than tacos does. Yeah. I think he does, which is kind of funny because tacos is like supposedly more canceled yeah. or whatever. But like, um, but yeah, no, he he he. I mean, he had Amanda Millius on. Yeah. Did, on his podcast, and they had you know, pretty good conversation. And, and I think Brett often will avoid giving specific political opinions, but he's definitely, you know, deeply at odds with the prevailing trends of the progressive left, to say the least. Have, uh... And is willing to really call um, it out. Mutant, have you read, um, A Confederacy of Dunces? That's, uh, that's one of my favorites. Am I what? Have you read A Oh, Confederacy, Confederacy of Dunces? Dunces? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was very funny. It's too bad he didn't really write much oh. else than that. Yeah, no, guy. he killed himself. Um, yeah. You know, not shortly thereafter because he finished it and, you know, spent like seven years trying to get it published and uh, eventually, you know, killed himself before it even was published. It's so funny because he really, like, nails the neckbeard thing. That would be oh, like, yeah. an archetype, like, 100%. years later. Like, I don't think it was known, like, there, there was no name for that when he wrote it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's definitely, like, you could see him like with a fucking Reddit account. And yeah, there's, the guy uh, Ignatius uh, Riley. There's an article in know. the New Yorker that kind of yeah. sets this forth, and like I do not recommend reading the New Yorker except maybe for this article. And it's like, was Ignatius J. Riley the first edge lord? And it's like, yeah, actually, like, <laughs> like reading through yeah. it, it's like it's really prescient. It's really like, like this guy is just you know like he's a fucking groiper. He's uh, you know. <laughs> It's or not exactly. And he's got that right very from, kind of like that self-important type thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Confederacy Dances a lot. I guess they tried to do a movie of that for like years and years and couldn't get it off the oh, ground really? for whatever well, reason. Yeah, it never came to fruition, right? They were gonna have like fucking Will Ferrell in it, so maybe it's better <laughs> it didn't happen. You know? Oh yeah. Uh. And uh, yeah, we uh, I I love Sam Lipsite. I don't know if, uh, if you're I don't know who that is. He um, he's done some pretty funny stuff like satiric novels, um, The Ask, Homeland. But uh, yeah, he's a little under the radar. I mean, I like George Orwell a lot. Like the the other books yeah. besides Nineteen Eighty Four. Yeah. Like the more I mean, they're not as like heavy going, but like uh, like Burmese Days and. Uh, but does it keep the apodistra flying? I forget how you pronounce it. But 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, these books are funny in like a kind of sad way. I mean, it's not like laugh out loud type funny. Yeah. I think Confederacy of Dunces is probably like the most comedic novel that I enjoy. I usually don't like books that are like just to, that are like direct comedy type stuff, but that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like I reread it recently because I wrote a novel that is like follows uh, the kind of same type of uh, tone of uh, dunces and so i just decided to reread it and like i was laughing out loud it's like it still holds yeah. up it holds up even better <laughs> now actually what what was his, his other book the neon bible was that any good uh i mean honestly i didn't even know tool wrote another book that's like his one other i think he wrote it while he was like uh in college or something if i remember right huh it's not it's definitely not as highly uh thought of as yeah. the Confederacy of Dunces. In the Neon Bible. I fuck, I gotta look into that, man. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> yes, no the literary podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's uh Dunces. I like Dennis Johnson a lot too. Oh yeah. Are you ever read him? I've heard yeah, that he wrote, name. I guess his biggest book would probably be Jesus's son. They made a movie yeah. out of it. Hmm. I've heard, yeah, the movie I've was heard not that. great, but yeah. the book was excellent. Yeah. And a tree of smoke is really good. Though that one's not as like uh, it doesn't have as much comedy in it, but it's really good. That's about Vietnam, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah, I like his style. Very understated, but um, yeah, packs a punch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, unless you have. Uh, anything more I, I think you know we're probably ready to wrap it up all right yeah no good it was fun thanks for having me on oh yeah no definitely thanks for yeah no enjoy this yeah thanks for coming so on yeah. and like it's I wasn't sure i wasn't sure what to expect I, I i listened to that one uh thing you guys sent me but other than that i, I wasn't sure much. yeah it's good yeah thanks yeah no it's like you know we've i've long been a fan of your posts and like i'm like you know it'd be great to get this guy on to like talk about comedy because you know he's he's one of the guys yeah. that's doing it the best right now so. <laughs> thank you yeah no for sure i enjoyed this conversation a lot and i think um you and you're gonna help us get a lot of listeners because i think people really dig your your tweets and uh you know you've, you've been you've done some podcasts but i feel like we'll we'll help uh you know you'll We'll get this out there, and everyone's going to want to hear uh, what <laughs> okay, you got to yeah, say. Sure. So. <laughs> All right. Sounds, uh, sounds good. Yeah. Later, guys. All right. Have a good rest of your uh, right. YouTube. Thanks, Saturday. dude. Bye. 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 Yeah, no problem.